Audio File 4 of the Mueller Report. Russian Contacts Part 2. Dmitry Symes and the Center for the National Interest. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Fellow Americans, it's time, it's time to, to speak out. out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We won't be that. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, yes we, we can. can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is... What will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public, to public Access, Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. Members of the Trump campaign interacted on several occasions with the Center for the National Interest CNI, principally through its president and chief executive officer, Dimitri Symes. CNI is a think tank with expertise in and connections to the Russian government. Symes was born in the former Soviet Union and immigrated to the United States in the 1970s. In April 2016, candidate Trump delivered his first speech on foreign policy and national security at an event hosted by The National Interest, a publication affiliated with CNI. Then-Senator Jeff Sessions and Russian Ambassador Kislak both attended the event and, as a result, it gained some attention in relation to Sessions's confirmation hearings to become Attorney General. Sessions had various other contacts with CNI during the campaign period on foreign policy matters, including Russia. Jared Kushner also interacted with Symes about Russian issues during the campaign. The investigation did not identify evidence that the campaign passed or received any messages to or from the Russian government through CNI or Symes. A. CNI and Dmitry Symes connect with the Trump campaign. CNI is a Washington-based nonprofit organization that grew out of a center founded by former President Richard Nixon. CNI describes itself as a voice for strategic realism in U.S. foreign policy, and publishes a bi-monthly foreign policy magazine, The National Interest. CNI is overseen by a board of directors and an advisory council that is largely honorary and whose members at the relevant time included Sessions, who served as an advisor to candidate Trump on national security and foreign policy issues. 
Dmitry Symes is president and CEO of CNI and the publisher and CEO of the National J Interest. Symes was born in the former Soviet Union, emigrated to the United States in the early 1970s, and joined CNI's predecessor after working at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Symes personally has many contacts with current and former Russian government officials, as does CNI collectively. As CNI stated when seeking a grant from the Carnegie Corporation in 2015, CNI has unparalleled access to Russian officials and politicians among Washington think tanks, in part because CNI has arranged for U.S. delegations to visit Russia and for Russian delegations to visit the United States as part of so-called Track 11 diplomatic efforts. On March 14, 2016, CNI board member Richard Plepler organized a luncheon for CNI and its honorary chairman, Henry Kissinger, at the Time Warner Building in New York. The idea behind the event was to generate interest in CNI's work and recruit new board members for CNI. Along with Symes, attendees at the event included Jared Kushner, son-in-law of candidate Trump. Kushner told the office that the event came at a time when the Trump campaign was having trouble securing support from experienced foreign policy professionals and that, as a result, he decided to seek Symes's assistance during the March 14 event. Symes and Kushner spoke again on a March 24, 2016 telephone call, three days after Trump had publicly named the team of foreign policy advisors that had been put together on short notice. On March 31, 2016, Symes and Kushner had an in-person, one-on-one meeting in Kushner's New York office. During that meeting, Symes told Kushner that the best way to handle foreign policy issues for the Trump campaign would be to organize an advisory group of experts to meet with candidate Trump and develop a foreign policy approach that was consistent with Trump's voice. Symes believed that Kushner was receptive to that suggestion. Symes also had contact with other individuals associated with the Trump campaign regarding the campaign's foreign policy positions. For example, on June 17, 2016, Symes sent J.D. Gordon an email with a memo to Senator Sessions that we discussed at our recent meeting and asked Gordon to both read it and share it with Sessions. The memorandum proposed building a small and carefully selected group of experts to assist Sessions with the campaign, operating under the assumption that Hillary Clinton is very vulnerable on national security and foreign policy issues. The memorandum outlined key issues for the campaign, including a new beginning with Russia. National Interest hosts a foreign policy speech at the Mayflower Hotel. During both their March 24 phone call and their March 31 in-person meeting, Symes and Kushner discussed the possibility of CNI hosting a foreign policy speech by candidate Trump. Following those conversations, Symes agreed that he and others associated with CNI would provide behind-the-scenes input on the substance of the foreign policy speech and that CNI officials would coordinate the logistics of the speech with Sessions and his staff, including Sessions's chief of staff, Rick Dearborn. In mid-April 2016, Kushner put Symes in contact with senior policy advisor Stephen Miller and forwarded to Symes an outline of the foreign policy speech that Miller had prepared. Symes sent back to the campaign bullet points with ideas for the speech that he had drafted with CNI Executive Director Paul Saunders and board member Richard Burt. Symes received subsequent draft outlines from Miller, and he and Saunders spoke to Miller by phone about substantive changes to the speech. 
It is not clear, however, whether CNI officials received an actual draft of the speech for comment. While Saunders recalled having received an actual draft, Symes did not, and the emails that CNI produced to this office do not contain such a draft. After board members expressed concern to Symes that CNL's hosting the speech could be perceived as an endorsement of a particular candidate, CNI decided to have its publication, The National Interest, serve as the host and to have the event at the National Press Club. Kushner later requested that the event be moved to the Mayflower Hotel, which was another venue that Symes had mentioned during initial discussions with the campaign, in order to address concerns about security and capacity. On April 25, 2016, Saunders booked event rooms at the Mayflower to host both the speech and a VIP reception that was to be held beforehand. Saunders understood that the reception at which invitees would have the chance to meet candidate Trump would be a small event. Saunders decided who would attend by looking at the list of CNI's invitees to the speech itself and then choosing a subset for the reception. CNI's invitees to the reception included Sessions and Kislak. The week before the speech Symes had informed Kislak that he would be invited to the speech, and that he would have the opportunity to meet Trump. When the pre-speech reception began on April 27, a receiving line was quickly organized so that attendees could meet Trump. Sessions first stood next to Trump to introduce him to the members of Congress who were in attendance. After those members had been introduced, Symes stood next to Trump and introduced him to the CNI invitees in attendance, including Kislak. Symes perceived the introduction to be positive and friendly, but thought it clear that Kislak and Trump had just met for the first time. Kislak also met Kushner during the pre-speech reception. The two shook hands and chatted for a minute or two, during which Kushner recalled Kislak saying, We like what your candidate is saying, it's refreshing. Several public reports state that, in addition to speaking to Kushner at the pre-speech reception, Kislak also met or conversed with Sessions at that time. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Sessions stated to investigators, however, that he did not remember any such conversation. Nor did anyone else affiliated with CNI or the National Interest specifically recall a conversation or meeting between Sessions and Kislak at the pre-speech reception. It appears that, if a conversation occurred at the pre-speech reception, it was a brief one conducted in public view, similar to the exchange between Kushner and Kislak. The office found no evidence that Kislak conversed with either Trump or Sessions after the speech, or would have had the opportunity to do so. Symes, for example, did not recall seeing Kislak at the post-speech luncheon, and the only witness who accounted for Sessions's whereabouts stated that Sessions may have spoken to the press after the event but then departed for Capitol Hill. Saunders recalled, based in part on a food-related request he received from a campaign staff member, that Trump left the hotel a few minutes after the speech to go to the airport. C. Jeff Sessions's post-speech interactions with CNI. In the wake of Sessions's confirmation hearings as Attorney General, questions arose about whether Sessions's campaign period interactions with CNI apart from the Mayflower speech included any additional meetings with Ambassador Kislak or involved Russian-related matters. With respect to Kislak contacts, on May 23, 2016, Sessions attended CNI's Distinguished Service Award dinner at the Four Seasons Hotel in Washington, D.C. Sessions attended a pre-dinner reception and was seated at one of two head tables for the event. 
A seating chart prepared by Saunders indicates that Sessions was scheduled to be seated next to Kislak, who appears to have responded to the invitation by indicating he would attend the event. Sessions, however, did not remember seeing, speaking with, or sitting next to Kislak at the dinner. Although CNI board member Charles Boyd said he may have seen Kislak at the dinner, Symes, Saunders, and Jacob Heilbrunn, editor of the National Interest All had no recollection of seeing Kislak at the May 23 event. Kislak also does not appear in any of the photos from the event that the office obtained. In the summer of 2016, CNI organized at least two dinners in Washington, D.C. for sessions to meet with experienced foreign policy professionals. The dinners included CNI-affiliated individuals, such as Richard Burt and Zalmay Khalilzad, a former U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan and Iraq and the person who had introduced Trump before the April 27, 2016 foreign policy speech. Khalilzad also met with sessions one-on-one -on -one separately from the dinners. At the dinners and in the meetings, the participants addressed U.S. relations with Russia, including how U.S. relations with NATO and European countries affected U.S. policy toward Russia. But the discussions were not exclusively focused on Russia. Khalilzad, for example, recalled discussing nation-building and violent extremism with Sessions. In addition, Sessions asked Saunders of CNI to draft two memoranda not specific to Russia, one on Hillary Clinton's foreign policy shortcomings and another on Egypt. Jared Kushner's continuing contacts with Symes. Between the April 2016 speech at the Mayflower Hotel and the presidential election, Jared Kushner had periodic contacts with Symes. Those contacts consisted of both in-person meetings and phone conversations, which concerned how to address issues relating to Russia in the campaign and how to move forward with the advisory group of foreign policy experts that Symes had proposed. Symes recalled that he, not Kushner, initiated all conversations about Russia, and that Kushner never asked him to set up back-channel conversations with Russians. According to Symes, after the Mayflower speech in late April, Symes raised the issue of Russian contacts with Kushner, advised that it was bad optics for the campaign to develop hidden Russian contacts, and told Kushner both that the campaign should not highlight Russia as an issue and should handle any contacts with Russians with care. Kushner generally provided a similar account of his interactions with Symes. Among the Kushner-Symes meetings was one held on August 17, 2016, at Symes's request, in Kushner's New York office. The meeting was to address foreign policy advice that CNI was providing and how to respond to the Clinton campaign's Russia-related attacks on candidate Trump. In advance of the meeting, Symes sent Kushner a Russia policy memo laying out what Mr. Trump may want to say about Russia. In a cover email transmitting that memo and a phone call to set up the meeting, Symes mentioned a well-documented story of highly questionable connections between Bill Clinton and the Russian government, parts of which according to Symes had even been discussed with the CIA and the FBI in the late 1990s and shared with the Independent Council at the end of the Clinton presidency. Kushner forwarded the email to senior Trump campaign officials Stephen Miller, Paul Manafort, and Rick Gates, with the note suggestion only. Manafort subsequently forwarded the email to his assistant and scheduled a meeting with Symes. Manafort was on the verge of leaving the campaign by the time of the scheduled meeting with Symes, and Symes ended up meeting only with Kushner. During the August 17 meeting, Symes provided Kushner the Clinton-related information that he had romised. 
Symes told Kushner that, Symes claimed that he had received this information from former CIA and Reagan White House official Fritzer Marth, who claimed to have learned it from U.S. intelligence sources, not from Russians. Symes perceived that Kushner did not find the information to be of interest or use to the campaign because it was, in Symes's words, old news. When interviewed by the office, Kushner stated that he believed that there was little chance of something new being revealed about the Clintons given their long career as public figures, and that he never received from Symes information that could be operationalized for the Trump campaign. On June 9, 2016, senior representatives of the Trump campaign met in Trump Tower with a Russian attorney expecting to receive derogatory information about Hillary Clinton from the Russian government. The meeting was proposed to Donald Trump Jr. in an email from Robert Goldstone, at the request OFHIS then-client Emin Agalarov, the son of Russian real estate developer Aras Agalarov. Goldstone relayed to Trump Jr. that the Crown Prosecutor of Russia, offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia as part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. Trump Jr. immediately responded that if it's what you say I love it, and arranged the meeting through a series of emails and telephone calls. Trump Jr. invited campaign chairman Paul Manafort and senior advisor Jared Kushner to attend the meeting, and both attended. Members of the campaign discussed the meeting before it occurred, and Michael Cohen recalled that Trump Jr. may have told candidate Trump about an upcoming meeting to receive adverse information about Clinton, without linking the meeting to Russia. According to written answers submitted by President Trump, he has no recollection of learning of the meeting at the time, and the office found no documentary evidence showing that he was made aware of the meeting or its Russian connection before it occurred. The Russian attorney who spoke at the meeting, Natalia Veselnitskaya, had previously worked for the Russian government and maintained a relationship with that government throughout this period of time. She claimed that funds derived from illegal activities in Russia were provided to Hillary Clinton and other Democrats. Trump Jr. requested evidence to support those claims, but Veselnitskaya did not provide such information. She and her associates then turned to a critique of the origins of the Magnitsky Act, a 2012 statute that imposed financial and travel sanctions on Russian officials and that resulted in a retaliatory ban on adoptions of Russian children. Trump Jr. suggested that the issue could be revisited when and if candidate Trump was elected. After the election, Veselnitskaya made additional efforts to follow up on the meeting, but the Trump transition team did not engage. Outreach to Donald Trump Jr. Aras Agalarov is a Russian real estate developer with ties to Putin and other members of the Russian government, including Russia's prosecutor general, Yuri Cheka. Aras Agalarov is the president of the Crocus Group, a Russian enterprise that holds substantial Russian government construction contracts and that, as discussed above, worked with Trump in connection with the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow and a potential Trump Moscow real estate project. The relationship continued over time, as the Partieza pursued the Trump Moscow project in 2013-2014 and exchanged gifts and letters in 2016. For example, in April 2016, Trump responded to a letter from Aras Agalarov with a handwritten a note. Aras Agalarov expressed interest in Trump's campaign, passed on congratulations for a winning in the primary and according to one email drafted by Goldstone an offer of Hisa support and that of many of his important Russian friends and colleagues, especially with a reference to U.S.-Russian relations. 
On June 3, 2016, Emin Agalarov called Goldstone, Emin's then-publicist. Goldstone is a music and events promoter who represented Emin Agalarov from approximately late 2012 until a late 2016. While representing Emin Agalarov, Goldstone facilitated the ongoing contacta between the Trumps and the Agalarovs including an invitation that Trump sent to Putin to attend the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Shortly after his June 3rd call with Emin Agalarov, Goldstone emailed Trump Jr. The email stated, Good morning EMLN just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. The Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father Aras this morning and in their meeting offered Lowe provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hiyeri and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. This is obviously very high level and sensitive information but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump, helped along by Aras and Emin. What do you think is the best way to handle this information and would you be able to speak to Emin about it directly? I can also send this info to your father via Rona, but it is ultra-sensitive so wanted to send to you first. Best, Rob Goldstone. Within minutes of this email, Trump Jr. responded, emailing back, Thanks Rob I appreciate that. I am on the road at the moment but perhaps I just speak to Emin first. Seems we have some time and if it's what you say I love it especially later in the summer. Could we do a call first thing next week when I am back Goldstone conveyed Trump Jr.'s interest to Emin Agalarov, emailing that Trump Jr. wants to speak personally on the issue. On June 6, 2016, Emin Agalarov asked Goldstone if there was any news, and Goldstone explained that Trump Jr. was likely still traveling for the final elections, where Trumpy will be crowned the official nominee. On the same day, Goldstone again emailed Trump Jr. and asked when Trump Jr. was free to talk with Emin about this Hillary info. Trump Jr. asked if they could speak now, and Goldstone arranged a call between Trump Jr. and Emin Agalarov. On June 6 and June 7, Trump Jr. and Emin Agalarov had multiple brief calls. Also on June 6, 2016, Aras Agalarov called Ike Kavaladze and asked him to attend a meeting in New York with the Trump Organization. Kavaladze is a Georgia-born, naturalized U.S. citizen who worked in the United States for the Crocus Group and reported to Aras Agalarov. Kavaladze told the office that, in a second phone call on June 6, 2016, Aras Agalarov asked Kavaladze if he knew anything about the Magnitsky Act, and Aras sent him a short synopsis for the meeting in Veselnitskaya's business card. According to Kavaladze, Aras Agalarov said the purpose of the meeting was to discuss the Magnitsky Act, and he asked Kavaladze to translate. E. Awareness of the meeting within the campaign on June 7, Goldstone emailed Trump Jr. and said that Emin asked that I schedule a meeting with you and the Russian government attorney who is flying over from Moscow. Trump Jr. replied that Manafort identified as the campaign boss, Jared Kushner, and Trump Jr. would likely attend. Go D to learn that Trump Jr., Manafort, and Kushner would attend. Kavaladze puzzled by the list of attendees and that he checked with one of Emin Agalarov's assistants, Roman Benyaminov, who said that the purpose of the meeting was for Veselnitskaya to convey negative information on Hillary Clinton. Benyaminov, however, stated that he did not recall having known or said that. 
Early on June 8, 2016 Kushner emailed his assistant, asking her to discuss a 3 p.m. meeting the following day with Trump Jr. Later that day, Trump Jr. forwarded the entirety of his email correspondence regarding the meeting with Goldstone to Manafort and Kushner, under the subject line FW, Russia, Clinton, private and confidential, adding a note that the meeting got moved to 4 tomorrow at my offices. Kushner then sent his assistant a second email, informing her that the meeting with Don Jr. is 4 p.m. now. Manafort responded, see you then. P. Rick Gates, who was the deputy campaign chairman, stated during interviews with the office that in the days before June 9, 2016 Trump Jr. announced at a regular morning meeting of senior campaign staff and Trump family members that he had a lead on negative information about the Clinton Foundation. Gates believed that Trump Jr. said the information was coming from a group in Kyrgyzstan and that he was introduced to the group by a friend. Gates recalled that the meeting was attended by Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Paul Manafort, Hope Hicks, and, joining late, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. According to Gates, Manafort warned the group that the meeting likely would not yield vital information and they should be careful. Hicks denied any knowledge of the June 9 meeting before 2017, and Kushner did not recall if the planned June 9 meeting came up at all earlier that week. Michael Cohen recalled being in Donald J. Trump's office on June 6 or 7 when Trump Jr. told his father that a meeting to obtain adverse information about Clinton was going forward. Cohen did not recall Trump Jr. stating that the meeting was connected to Russia. From the tenor of the conversation, Cohen believed that Trump Jr. had previously discussed the meeting with his father, although Cohen was not involved in any such conversation. In an interview with the Senate Judiciary Committee, however, Trump Jr. stated that he did not inform his father about the emails or the upcoming meeting. Similarly, neither Manafort nor Kushner recalled anyone informing candidate Trump of the meeting, including Trump Jr. President Trump has stated to this office, in written answers to questions, that he has no recollection of learning at the time that his son, Manafort, or Kushner was considering participating in a meeting in June 2016 concerning potentially negative information about Hillary Clinton. The events of June 9, 2016. Arrangements for the meeting. Veselnitskaya was in New York on June 9, 2016, for appellate proceedings in the Prevezin civil forfeiture litigation. That day, Veselnitskaya called Renat Akhmeshin, a Soviet-born U.S. lobbyist, and when she learned that he was in New York, invited him to lunch. Akhmeshin told the office that he had worked on issues relating to the Magnitsky Act and had worked on the Prevezin litigation. Kavaladze and Anatoly Samakornov, a Russian-born translator who had assisted Veselnitska Prevezin case, also attended the lunch, meeting asked Akhmeshin what she should tell him. According to several participants in the lunch, Veselnitskaya showed Akhmeshin a document alleging financial misconduct by Bill Browder and the Ziff brothers Americans with business in Russia, and those individuals sub-CUENTL Makinolytical donations to the DNC. The group then went to Trump Tower for the meeting. Conduct of the meeting. Trump Jr., Manafort, and Kushner participated on the Trump side, while Kavaladze, Samachomov, Akhmeshin, and Goldstone attended with Veselnitskaya. The office spoke to every participant except Veselnitskaya and Trump Jr., the latter of whom declined to be voluntarily interviewed the office. Goldstone recalled that Trump Jr. invited Veselnitskaya to begin but did not say anything about the subject of the meeting. Participants agreed that Veselnitskaya stated that the Ziff brothers had broken Russian laws and had donated their profits to the DNC or the Clinton campaign. 
She asserted that the Ziff brothers had engaged in tax evasion and money laundering in both the United States and Russia. According to Akmeshin, Trump Jr. asked follow-up questions about how the alleged payments could be tied specifically to the Clinton campaign, but Veselnitskaya indicated that she could not trace the money once it entered the United States. Kavaladze similarly recalled that Trump Jr. asked what they have on Clinton, and Kushner became aggravated and asked what are we doing here Akmeshin then spoke about U.S. sanctions imposed under the Magnitsky Act and Russia's response prohibiting U.S. adoption of Russian children. Several participants recalled that Trump Jr. commented that Trump is a private citizen, and there was nothing they could do at that time. Trump Jr. also said that they could revisit the issue if and when they were in government. Notes that Manafort took on his phone reflect the general flow of the conversation, although not all of its details. At some point in the meeting, Kushner sent an iMessage to Manafort stating waste of time, followed immediately by two separate emails to assistants at Kushner companies with requests that they call him to give him an excuse to leave. Samakornov recalled that Kushner departed the meeting before it concluded. Veselnitskaya recalled the same when interviewed by the press in July 2017. Veselnitskaya's press interviews and written statements to Congress differ materially from other accounts. In a July 2017 press interview, Veselnitskaya claimed that she has no connection to the Russian government and had not referred to any derogatory information concerning the Clinton campaign when she met with Trump campaign officials. Veselnitskaya's November 2017 written submission to the Senate Judiciary Committee stated that the purpose of the June 9 meeting was not to connect with the Trump campaign but rather to have a private meeting with Donald Trump Jr. a friend of my good acquaintance's son on the matter of assisting me or my colleagues in informing the Congress members as to the criminal nature of manipulation and interference with the legislative activities of the U.S. Congress. In other words, Veselnitskaya claimed her focus was on Congress and not the campaign. No witness, however, recalled any reference to Congress during the meeting. Veselnitskaya also maintained that she attended the meeting as a lawyer of Denis Katsev, the PR, eviously mentioned owner of Provezin Holdings, but she did not introduce herself in this capacity. in the world to be is at a Trump rally. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. for Donald Trump. Every woman lied. What was it? This was locker room talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would probably get along very well with Putin. Send them bastards back. I'm sure that paperwork comes in Spanish. This guy, oh, I don't know what I said. Ah, oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. I had the whole baby. That's what I said. I don't throw babies out, believe me. I love babies. Actually, I was only kidding. You can get the baby out of here. He said I had small heads. Actually, I'm 6'3", not 6'2", but he said I had small heads. They're not smaller. I never heard, I never heard that one before. Hillary Clinton needs to get her ass spiked. Do I hit it long? Is Trump strong? I am officially running for president of the United States. Thank you, Anthony Weiner. 
shoot some, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. He referred to my hands if they're small. Something else must be small. There's never been anything like this, so go and register. Make sure you get out and vote. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Immigrants and immigrants, they mix together. I feel he's the last chance we have to establish law and order to preserve the culture I grew up in. Would I approve water for you? Bet your ass. If you don't speak English and don't contribute, get out. I'm going to take such good care of women's health care issues. I have such respect for women. I cherish women. She's the devil. So far, we're doing well, though, right? Have I been a good messenger? He's a war hero because he's captured. I like people that weren't captured. This is a movement like people have never seen before. I thought I heard a little voice over there. I get him out. Take him out. Yeah, man. Am I allowed to rip that whistle out of the mouth and rip that whistle? Go home to mommy. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretch.